There are several times when strange things begin to happen in heaven that there is a witness of that which is going on in heaven upon the face of the earth. At that point in time when God finds a group of people, a person that is tuned up and hooked up to heaven, what happens is that God grants the mercy and grace for him to be able to participate in that which has broken out in heaven. When days like this come, we need to know that they are not ordinary. It is in response to a mighty thing that has erupted in the heavens that we bask in this level of glory and joy. It doesn't end there. Enjoying the field, connecting with eternity, flowing in the pipeline, uh, receiving the river that makes the cities in heaven glad into your spirit, so much so that joy leaps out of your very being like an armed man. That's not the best that this kind of an occasion has to offer. We need to tune and turn in the prophetic spirit to understand what exactly is happening that is causing so much joy in heaven. For instance, the Bible says there's joy in heaven when a sinner comes and repents and gives his life to God and comes to a realization. He said there's joy. In that moment, if an intercessor is piping into heaven, he will be able to receive the transmission of joy. And he will know somebody has been added to the kingdom light. But you see, we need to find out what makes heaven rejoice. In the next five minutes, the spirit of prophecy will hit this building. So as to give us insight into what is going on. It will, it will hit the building. Because God wants to reveal to us where we have arrived. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Bible says there is a river. The streams thereof make glad the cities of God. Now as we began the service, I was wondering. Because the more we pressed into the deep waters, my message failed. My message was dangling. I was praying for his deliverance. It was dangling. It was dangling. And I was praying for the deliverance of the seven. But it came to pass when another mesh of glory hit the house. And the flood took my sermon. So it's not all about a sermon tonight. We need to find out what is happening in heaven. Many times we're basking the spirit. I remember it was in ABU Zaria. And the mighty hand of God came down that night. Many people could not stand on their feet because of the weight of the glory. Many knocked down. There was this sister that came strongly under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And the Holy Ghost was, was aggressive on our life that night. We were seeking and looking to the people that had the gift of prophecy to, to come to the rescue. But we had to wait because when the sister was slain, she was on ground for one hour. So we had to wait for her to revive. Hallelujah. We were expecting that if she revives, she will come up with a, a, a compendium. We were expecting that if she revives, she will come up with an insight that will cause us to run in the right direction. And when she was quickened, we now raised her up. What happened? She says she saw a light, a light, a light. Ah! And we were confused. We are locked up anytime the spirit of prophecy doesn't come to give us understanding. We cannot understand the things 
that is going on in the heavens. And tonight, in the next five minutes, the spirit of prophecy will hit this building. The anointing to prophesy will come upon you. It may, it may be that you have never prophesied before. But today, God will speak. Because we are in the dark. We don't know what's happening. We are just basking in the euphoria. Well, the crucible was opened a little. And I don't know where this one came from, but it's accurate. He said, my people should not be afraid of darkness. I am their light. And the light shines brighter when it seems the darkness is thickest. Hallelujah. Amen. Just in case you have been, your pathway in recent times has been in the corridors of darkness, blackness, and thick darkness. Hallelujah. And you look for light, but you behold darkness. For brightness, but you walk in darkness. The Lord is saying corporately and to some specific individuals, I am your light. In the next five minutes, the spirit of prophecy will hit this building. Hallelujah. You need to know when you, to ask God for understanding. When you are sure that the Holy Ghost is moving, the next thing to do is to find out what he's doing. So that you can receive some profit from his manifestation. The Bible says that the gifts of the Spirit are given unto every man to profit without. There's a dimension of profit that every gift of the Spirit sustains. Right now what we need is not the gift of healing. Right now, what we need is not the gift of faith. Right now, what we need is the gift of prophecy. Let the language of the Spirit be interpreted and be brought to human knowledge so that we can identify with it. I hope you are not tired. Hallelujah. Alright, let's start this way. You may be seated for the next two minutes. Maybe I need to discuss with us what the gift of prophecy is for the next five minutes. What exactly is the gift of prophecy? When the Bible says a man prophesied, what exactly did he do? What influence came upon him? What ability did he receive on the account of the influence that came? Prophecy. Prophecy exists in different planes, manifests through different channels, and finds expression in different dimensions. Basically, as the name prophecy is, the most basic definition of prophecy is when a man speaks forth the mind of God. When the mind of God is articulated and declared, it is prophecy. But as, as simple as that definition is, we need to understand that you cannot speak the mind of God except you have given insight into the mind of God. And just in case you are given insight into the mind of God, you also need to be given utterance. You also need to be given spirit-energized utterance. That is the language that communicates the heart of God to the heart of man. So prophecy is two-dimensional. First of all, 
is accessibility to the heart of God. And secondly, an empowering by the Spirit of God through what is called utterance to declare exactly what you have picked. Number three element in prophecy, prophecy and the declaration of prophecy is sponsored and tied to the measure of faith that was created on the account of access to the heart of God. Every time you have access to the heart of God, there's a measure of faith that that revelation grants you in order for you to have the authority to declare the mind of God. And you cannot declare the mind of God if you don't have utterance from God. So prophecy is, there's a revelational aspect of prophecy. Accessing the mind of God. There is a fifth dimension of prophecy. Receiving authority from God to declare his mind. As though you were God. Because prophecy speaks the mind of God in first person. For instance, if someone is under the influence of prophecy. And he's, he, God borrows his vocal cord. And God speaks to his vocal cord as God. For instance, you hear the man say, I am in the midst of my people. I want to heal and deliver. God has borrowed his mouth and God speaks in prophecy in the first person. In order for you to be able to speak for God as God's mouthpiece, you need some level of qualification and stature. That is what the measure of faith that you receive when the revelation came to you comes to do inside of you. It comes to give you the authority to be able to declare the counsel of God as though you were God. Did you get it to that point? I said, did you get it to that point? All right, it's flowing. Oh, it's, it's happening. The lines are open in heaven. So as, as we are talking and discussing, just be attentive in your spirit. All right? I'm just trying to give us, give us a biblical understanding of what prophecy is and the need for prophecy in the current day church and the times in which prophecy is inevitable and there are seasons in which no other gift of the spirit can take the place of prophecy. It's a strategic gift that has a capacity for direction and instruction. It is a blessing to the body of Christ. It gives us light, insight, hindsight, and foresight. It is in its revelational scope. It can reach into the past. It can give insight into the present. And it can give understanding of the future. But you must understand that for you to be able to prophesy, it is written. And the man must prophesy according to the measure of faith that is given him. That means you only have faith enough to declare accurately exactly that which you have received from God. And just in case the faith as you are speaking, as you are speaking, as you are speaking, and the faith you receive by that revelation now is extinguished. It's an indication of the fact that you need to stop. God is no longer talking. Just in case you, you spoke again, there's no authority to speak on behalf of God anymore because the faith that gives you stature and authority to so speak is no longer in existence in your spirit. And if you violate and keep on speaking, even the people you are speaking to, if they are on the same frequency, on the same frequency, 
The time the faith dies down and a human being talks, that we differentiate the voice of God from the voice of man. The Lord give you understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Prophecy. Speaking the heart of God. Hallelujah. In Bible school, prophecy was categorized among the vocal gifts. The gifts that require that God borrows your mouth to speak. But you see, I have a problem with that categorization. And the problem I have with that categorization is that the heart of God and the mind of God, as you know, is a mystery. Except the heart of God is revealed, the heart of God cannot be declared. And just in case you carry out a declaration without understanding the heart of God, it's a false declaration. And the body of Christ in our time is used to a style of ministry that is hinged upon declarations that are not precipitates of the heart of God. And the preacher mounts the pulpit and he says, next week something's going to happen. Except God revealed that. That utterance is a cliche. It's a preaching cliche. Just trying to put a conjunction to the preaching. There's no power and reality in it. Instead of, in fact, if you hear such a prophecy that is devoid of revelation and utterance, of that nature that is devoid of revelation and faith it doesn't happen somebody might speak somebody is telling me now in the congregation then what where is the place of prophetic declaration a prophetic declaration comes when faith is born in your spirit as you declare the word of god faith is born in your spirit that makes that word of god one with your spirit at that time you possess that word by reason of faith that have been impacted into your spirit and the word is so strong upon your spirit and is you have that word at that time because of the spirit of faith that is at work is one with your spirit you have it so you can give it out and it will come to pass that's different from prophecy that's an operation of the spirit of faith when the spirit of faith is at work it gives you the capacity to be able to say what God is saying the way God says it. Do you understand the difference? Oh, you don't get it. Hallelujah. The spirit of faith empowers you to say what God is saying the way he's saying. The Bible says we have received the same spirit of faith. All right? We say, because God has said, the spirit of faith makes you say what God has said. Gives you the authority, and there's a measure of faith that is imparted by the spirit of faith, so that you can say what God has said. The spirit of faith was illustrated in God during the time of creation. You realize that God created in creation, God was using the spirit of faith to call those things that be not as though they were and those things came to pass. The same spirit is still alive. And that spirit can come upon you and give you an understanding of God's emphasis. You were preaching so many things. You were saying so many things. But something hangs upon your spirit. It's as if it stands out from the scriptures. It stands out from your utterances. And that one glues to your spirit. It means that God wants you to give voice to something he's proclaiming. 
That's the spirit of faith. It comes at the spur of the moment to give you the capacity to be able to say what God is saying. And if you say it, it is creative in nature. Even if the thing that was spoken about was, is not in existence, it has capacity to create it and to make it manifest. That's different from prophecy. Even though it is still speaking forth. I hear pastors say that prophecy is speaking forth. That's not true. No. The prophetic declaration that came out is not prophecy. Because prophecy has an intrinsic character and nature. The fact that you just spoke forth on behalf of God doesn't mean you are prophesying. I'm going to show you from the Bible. Don't worry. Those things have bothered me many years ago and I had to go back to scriptures to really verify it. Amen? Oh, you are not with me. It's not every speaking forth on the behalf of God that is prophecy. Because prophecy has a character. The simple gift of prophecy empowers you to desire the heart of God and one, bring comfort to people. Desire the heart of God Bring instruction to people and rebuke to people. Discern the heart of God and bring exhortation to people. Exhortation talks about someone that is discouraged. The words of God that are uttered to make that person motivated from inside. Not a carnal kind of motivation that a coach gives to the players and sacks them up. No. A motivation that hits the very core of your sorrow and takes it away and leaves you gallant again. Now, so prophecy has a peculiar nature. Do you understand what I'm talking about now? And if it's not in the category of comfort, of exhortation, of instruction or rebuke, and you speak forth for God that it doesn't line up with these categories, it is not prophecy. It's a declaration. Did you get it? You are not with me. It's that simple. We have not yet started going into scriptures. These are simple stuff. So it's not every speaking forth for God that is prophecy. You can speak things under the influence of the Holy Spirit that doesn't amount to prophecy. Prophecy has a function. It is it, 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 released to achieve a purpose. Do you get me now? When, when, okay, 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 okay. Let me calm down. Now, let's say in a congregation, somebody dies. And everybody is so heartbroken because of the death that has taken place. Alright? And then we just come for one of the worship services and somehow, in the midst of the worship service, somebody begins to prophesy. And the things the, the person begins to say, begins to give us insight. Do you understand? What led to the person's death? Maybe before that time, we were struggling to preach to the person. And then during that season, the person accepted the Lord and became fervent in the Lord. Do you understand that? And then in the midst of the fervency, the person now died. And I said, oh my God. We have been hunting him around town, trying to bring him to God. And now he has finally come into the kingdom. And just when he came into the kingdom, he was cut off. Lord, why did your great power not protect him? Why did your mighty strength not bring him deliverance? But you see, it happens to be that God knows the end from the beginning. And God knows the beginning from the end. 
and maybe in God's template, when he saw into the future, he saw that that person that came to God was going to backslide again. And it was in his interest at this time for him to make the person vulnerable so that the devil, in his nature of wickedness, would take him away. In that taking, according to God's reasoning and perspective, it was in the interest of the church and in the interest of the brethren that that person had to go at that time. But we don't know. Oh my God. Are you, are you still here today? And then somebody, somebody begins to, suddenly somebody begins to prophesy. And the prophecy revealed from the perspective of God what actually ensued that led to that event. And as a person gave us the full scope of the perspective of God concerning the issue, the burden and the sorrow was transformed to joy. That is prophecy. When prophecy is released, there is a, an effect that is expected. There is a target that is desirable before pro prophecy finds expression. It is constructive. It's not, it's not just vague speaking. It is a kind of speaking that has an intention behind it. Do you understand? So it's not just speak forth, but the speaking must be in the texture of either comfort in the texture of either instruction, direction, or rebuke, in the texture of exhortation. Do you see now? That's a simple gift of prophecy. It must carry one of the, those characteristics. And it happens to be that Paul, in his teaching of prophecy, made us to understand that every believer that is born again in the body of Christ can prophesy. That's interesting. Have you ever prayed before and a scripture was laid upon your spirit? If that has happened to you before, let me see your hand up. If that has never happened to you, let me see your hand up, please. Never. If it has never happened to you, you were praying or walking on the streets and a scripture was laid upon your spirit, if it has never happened to you, let me see your hand up. Just be bold, don't worry. The teaching today is for you. You will understand it. You'll be able to identify when such things happen. Raise your hand. All right. Okay. Maybe it's because of you we need to teach. If not, uh, would have flowed into the prophetic arm of the service to gain understanding of the things that have happened. Without the gift of prophecy, many things will happen in the spirit realm. We'll feel it in our spirit. We'll bask in it and enjoy it. And our understanding will be unfruitful. Are you still with me now? Now, that's the simple gift of prophecy. The simple gift of prophecy empowers every believer and any believer whatsoever by the Spirit of God to be able to speak to others in comfort, to be able to speak to others in, by instruction, by, 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 by rebuke, alright? To be able to speak to others in exhortation. The simple gift of prophecy. Now, that time when you were praying and the scripture was laid upon, it was the gift of prophecy that was at work. You have picked what was on the mind of God at that moment. The prophecy might be directed at you. The prophecy might be directed at others. Hey, are you still with me? You can be praying about a situation and then suddenly God now gives you a scripture. A scripture that is most relevant to the case of your prayer. 
the spirit of prophecy has come upon you. Maybe the Lord laid that scripture on your heart for you to communicate it to the person you're praying about. And then you now go there simply and said, while I was praying for you, I picked this. This scripture is generally available in the Bible. But yesterday, I picked it up, not just as something in the Bible, I picked it up as something for you. Do you understand it now? Now, there are so many things in the Bible, but except the Holy Spirit witnesses it to your spirit, it's not active for you. No, you don't know. Some people read in the Bible that Jesus walked on water and they took a seven-day fast and moved to the water side and said, God, we are going to jump in by faith and you are going to hold us. And they went to the deepest part, the place that if you fall in, you cannot recover yourself so that they can put God under pressure. They can make him have hypertension and he will be moved somehow. And when they jump, they die. The newspapers covered it. Seven Christian brethren drowned by faith. <laughs> and some senior ministers of the gospel had to inquire what led to that disgrace to the body of Christ. And Jesus told them they were acting on logos. Please help me tell your neighbor it was logos. They just found it from the scripture and they picked it up. And they took off like a tornado. When you take off that way, you crush land. Meanwhile, I still need to strike a balance on that. You can be praying about something and you can take a scripture that supports the point and pray about it. So you are using that scripture. That's what we call supplication. You are bringing strong reasons to God why he should do the things you are requesting him to do. Are you still with me now? But if it is prophecy, it must be a rhema. God must speak that to your spirit. And if he speaks it to your spirit, it becomes what? Your own. If you act on it and he says, walk on water. And he spoke it in your spirit. If you stretch your feet on river Benway, it will become a Persian rug. It only has power when it was directed at your heart. So prophecy can come to you. And prophecy can come through you. Alright? And the Bible says that every believer can prophesy. But you see, it's not every level of prophecy that every believer can prophesy. Can I have my board? I need my board now. Now let's clarify it because it's going to happen in the meeting. People will prophesy. Amen? Hallelujah. Turn your Bible with me. Let's go do some Bible study for the next 15 minutes. The guys took off and went to the water side. They wanted to terrorize God into acting. And God did not commit himself. They were acting on what? Oh, you guys are not here. They were acting on the written word. The written word is not the living word. The written word is the one you find in scripture. And if you read the, um, the written word is very important. Hey, are you here? The written word is very important. It's a compendium of the thoughts of God. We are enjoying to study the written word because when we study the written word, we know the way God thinks. We are enjoying to study the written word because if God speaks to us, his speaking does not violate the written word. 
were enjoined to study the written word so that by it our feet can be guided. There are principles in the written word. There are commandments in the written word that I expect to become a basis of regulation of our lives as Christians. For instance, the Bible says an elder must be husband of one wife. Just in case you are to be nominated to be an elder, the Bible regulation must be fulfilled in your life. We must check you and check your village and confirm that apart from the wife you have in town, you don't have another one in Boko. The Lord give you understanding. Now, you see, the written word gives us commandments and regulations by which our lives should be based. The written word gives us instructions from God. There are general instructions that are applicable to everyone that is a believer in Christ Jesus. The other day, some young men studied the Bible and felt that they have captured a new revelation. What was this revelation? That tithing was not a New Testament practice. And as such, it was out of place to tithe in the New Testament era. And I told them that they were not faithful to the written world. Because by the time we go to the book of Hebrews, the Bible begins to give us insight. In Hebrews chapter 7, the Bible says that Levi, was the family among the 12 tribes of Israel that was saddled with the responsibility of receiving tithes from the people of God. But in the book of Hebrews chapter 7, the Bible makes us to understand that Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek. At the time that Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek, Levi was not yet born. Levi was in the loins of Abraham. Levi also gave tithes to Melchizedek because he was in his loins when Abraham gave tithes. Amen? Abraham did not give tithes under the law. What was the dispensation that Abraham operated under? Please help me. He did not operate under the law. So what dispensation was that? Abraham operated under grace. Now it's needful for you to understand that righteousness was not attainable under the law. But the Bible says that Abraham believed God... And it was counted for the Greek word there say it was logically calculated as righteousness. Righteousness was a possibility in the oppression of Abraham. It was an oppression of faith. Do you realize that under the law you don't need faith? It's written in the Bible. No. The law doesn't operate by faith. The law operates by doing and observation. But Abraham was operating by faith. And faith is not a function of the law. He was not operating under the law. Grace was discovered even before the law came, my friend. Now, if I press further, you will see it more. <laughs> Did you get it to that point now? Oh, you are not with me. He was operating under grace. And that's why the Bible says that we are descendants of Abraham spiritually. He pioneered that pathway. But the full dimensions of that pathway never became operative. We could not see it fully until Jesus came. And then now we are called the sons of Abraham by faith. Space and time does not affect us anymore. Because we operate on the currency of eternity 
which is faith. It's the spirit of God himself that imparts the substance that is the basis and the foundation of your conviction into your spirit. That substance is eternal. It's not of the law. It's not regulated by regulations. It's purely of the spirit. Do you get it? Now, how did I get here? Anytime I try to prove something, I veer off. Please help me now. How did I get here? Because the last five minutes I was talking about prophecy. Now I'm, I'm basking somewhere else. Some guys. Some guys studied the Bible and came out with one scripture and tried to make a doctrine out of it. Then I said, sorry, you are not in tune with God. Because I'm operating under grace and Abraham gave tithes. And I tell you the truth, tithing, if it was given to Melchizedek, and Melchizedek is an eternal personality that doesn't have father, mother, or descent. It means that even in the new Jerusalem, we'll still be giving tithes to Jesus. So the young men took, and we, did, we arrived at that by Logos. Not Rema. What? It was what? Written. You get it? So in issues of instruction, Logos. In the issues of your feet being guided. For instance, we hear Solomon say that you should not be a friend of an angry man. How many of you have obeyed that? You have a friend that when he 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 he, 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 he up, swears, you will need to chain his right hand and be pouring him block, ice block, ice block, ice block. Till they're going down the sun. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Solomon says, Don't be a friend. See, those things have already been judged. <laughs> Please tell your neighbor, let's be faithful to the logos. We are all looking for Rema, but there's so much in the logos that we have not seen. Meanwhile, there's also a prophetic aspect of the logos because it's the thoughts of God. Are you here? Now, for instance, the Bible says the way of the wicked. Secondly, the Bible says the way of the righteous. That's prophetic. How do I mean? Now, there are several things that are on the way of the wicked. And if a man begins to operate that way, you don't need to wait for 10 years to tell him the outcome. This way we are going, if you remain here for 10 years' time, it, it, the prophetic end has been judged. You don't get me. It's the Logos that gave us that insight. In the Logos, we see many generations where inventories of generations were tabulated. Why? All those chronology. They say this King Ahab, this King Rehoboam, this... Why all of those human history? They want to show you the pattern. So that if you decide to take their way, be assured that their end is your portion. So the Logos is also prophetic in nature. Oh, There's a young man in this hall and you are still trying to be a guy with the low waist jeans you believe that the world is in your pocket we have seen your type the bible has your prototype in scripture if only you were a friend of the logos would have you would have seen your your <laughs> are you with me now now so those guys were acting on what on logo Jesus did not quicken that word. <laughs> Jesus did not quicken that word into their spirit. And they thought fasting, dry fasting and prayer. 
They will compel him to walk. Meanwhile, he's king. You don't compel him. You only come and wait for him until he decides to speak. And it might take 48 days before he shakes. Oh, I say, all right, go. But you see, if you are so wise as to jump out of the room before that 48 day when he decided to speak, you will act on logo. The scripture just opened in my spirit now. The Bible says, keep back thy servant from presumptuous sin. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be upright and innocent of great transgressions. Please help me ask the next person close to you, especially if the person is a, is, is a pastor. What is the great transgression? Ask your pastor. Please request for an answer. Evangelist Chris, what is the great, great transgression? In my teaching some time ago, I showed us the difference between sin, iniquity, trespass, and transgression. Now, so what is a great transgression? Now, it, it, uh, teaching should be a build-up of what we have done in the past. What is the great transgression? Say, keep back thy servant from presumption of sin. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be upright and innocent of great transgression. What is the great transgression? It's when you act on presumption. Presumption is a situation where somebody takes off in error. Presuming that God will deliver him. Presuming that it is well. That guy is not operating in faith. And the Bible says anything that is not of faith is sin. Because he could not spend his time to wait on God until God decides to give him rema. He takes us like a tornado. Presuming that God will take charge. Presuming that God will be God of signs and wonders. Who are you to determine what God will be and when he wants to be such? So it takes off on presumption. And everything that is doing is outside of faith. It is flesh. It is sin. And God will not respond to logo. What happened to the guys? They were operating on presumption. Expecting that if they fast and go to the riverside, God will have a heart attack. And he will show up trembling. And give them red carpet reception. But they don't realize. That he is king. Please help me tell your neighbor. He is king. Just in case you cry. To change where he is. Somebody died. And a pastor cried. Say where were you. Where my son died. And that day God was gracious. And he responded. I was on the throne. Amen. Now just understand that he is king. And because he is king, he is not entitled to, to answering all your questions. Sister, he will not answer all your questions because he is king. He chooses to do what he wants to do, especially as he has to do with his divine purpose. And as mortal beings, we are insufficient beings in everything. 
in knowledge, in ability, in strength, in wisdom. We were designed by default to be dependent on God totally. Anytime you stand out in your microwave knowledge and wisdom and you ask God why. Every time people ask God why, when he told them the reason for why, they had to repent. Why? Because he is king. The Bible says Sarah received strength to bring forth because she judged him faithful who had promised. That means Sarah saw God as a faithful God irrespective of situations and circumstances. Irrespective of the fact that situations were not in her favor. She, by an act of faith, maintained God in a light of faithfulness. Every time situations go bad, the devil comes around your trying to discredit God and many of us play to the gallows and accept the whispers of Satan. And it's on the strength of those whispers and arguments that we normally go to God and say, why? But he is king. He can decide to answer you, he will still be gone. He can decide not to answer you and you will still be gone. Many strange things have happened around my life and I wanted to know why. There was a time that I used to struggle to know why. I'll feel bad if I don't know why. Until one day I found out that God is king. We don't live by his explanations. We live by his instructions. Please help me preach to your neighbor. You don't live by his explanations. You live by his instructions. There is something that God will never obscure from your face. And that's his instructions. He will allow his instructions be bare before you because that is your lot and portion. You don't sit in the council that demands explanations from God. Why? He's king. Amen. Okay, I'm going to explain. You feel bad. All right, I'll explain now. I went to a city to preach. It was the city of Jaws. And I saw a damsel fair complexion. Her level of fairness was even from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. So she not compromised the fairness with the touch of the, ble- of the bleaching cream. She was fair to her feet in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and when I, you see, I happened to study fine art to uh, an advanced level. And because of that, I understand color understand texture and I understand symmetry. When you behold this damsel from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet, there was no blemish in her makeup. She could be numbered among one of the goddesses that walks around. Oh Jesus. You see, the Lord gave you understanding. <laughs> and you cannot behold that lady without desiring that you will match with her to the altar. Even if it's on a Friday night, you desire a match past. If you're still here, shout hallelujah. Amen. And I went there, and that day the prophetic unction was at work. And he paved way for me solidly. By the time I had moved in the oil, I had won a congregation. But when I was reaching out to the lady to tell her my intentions of how that my journey in the wilderness will have to end at her doorpost. 
I was constrained by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Many times you see a pastor, you behold him as he ejects on the pulpit. The truth is, pastors fall in love more better. My God, Jesus. If, 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 you, if you can feel me, you say amen. Amen. And I was imagining how it would look like if I took that damsel to my village in the very core of the mangrove swamp forest where coconut trees grew without fertilizer. I was wondering if I take her down the aisle, it will make news for one year. While I went to drop my proposal, the Lord restrained me. And I was I vowed to be a slave of the Lord. So I traveled home without proposing for a three-hour journey from just to Abuja and my understanding was unfruitful. Guess what the question was? Malento <laughs> Moskela. That was when I knew he was a king. He refused to answer me until I said, okay, alright, I know you are king. Just, even if you decide not to answer, no problem, we'll just march on like that. I don't need to know everything. When I decided that I don't need to know everything, God now showed up one evening. I took a three-day fast. And then when I recovered from the three days, I wanted to take my bath. And as the shower came upon my body, and it was chilling, I heard the voice of God. On the 20th of October, 2002, the Lord appeared to me. And he spoke to me, said, I prepared your wife, and the way you are going now, you will not miss it. I wrote it down in my diary. Some of you need to get back to your diary and check it again from 2002, from 1994. Some of the things you are praying about now, the answer is there, but you are still gasping for life. And as I was taking my shower, the Lord spoke to me, he said, the woman you went to see in Jaws, is she prepared? Then my eyes opened. Then I remember that her mother called me to a corner when she saw that I was a genuine man of God. Alright? She called me to the corner and I know she did not know what she was doing. She asked, she told me that that her daughter, she's afraid of her. You? Why are you afraid? He said, the lady, if the lady gets angry, it takes three days before her anger dies down. I said, that's why we are called. We are called to bring deliverance to people that are under yokes. We excel in the ministry of deliverance. We excel there. If you don't have understanding, you can speak in tongues for some ventilation to come. That's why the Lord Jesus put us on, on the spot. We do this kind of thing. Hallelujah. Then my eyes clear. Then that statement the mother made entered my brain. Do you know that this lady, when she gets angry, it lasts for three days. I am a youth preacher. I'm sent to a young generation. In order for you to disciple young people, some of them need to stay in your house sometimes. You need to pastor them at close range. See the level of lawlessness at work in their life. So that you can, by example, revelatory and exemplary dimensions, you can bring discipleship to them. Practical kind of discipleship. Now what will happen if I marry a wife that scares everybody away? It means that the heart of my essence will be obstructed. And that was why the Lord said, you get it? 
when he explained to me, I saw I was a fool. Do you see? Even if he does not explain, he knows that that your small brain and the small perspective that you captured, with which you said, why, was so myopic that it, it did not, it's not, he doesn't have stature enough to command his response. So he may answer. If he does answer, you will have to repent. And if he doesn't answer, all the better. Because what? He's king. Take a deep breath on that. And that question you put in your mind since 1984, you can let it slip away now and receive ventilation. I can keep going on even if I don't understand. That's what the work of faith is all about. We do not walk by our mind. We walk from our heart. In the mind we die, in the heart we live. Are you with me now? At least I still remember where I stopped. Prophecy. Number one, we must understand the simple gift of prophecy. Turn your Bible with me quickly. The simple gift of prophecy, every believer can prophesy. On that level. You see, when you begin to have dealings with God, then you begin to know God. You understand what I'm talking about? He may not, he may not explain. And just in case he decides to explain, you will give him glory. I found out that our understanding is limited. The perspective that we can see in a particular situation is limited. That's why only God can be God. You cannot be God. Now, just in case the devil prides himself as a God, remember, he's not a God. And that's why he cannot determine that you will die tomorrow by 9 p.m. It's not given to him. That power is not in his hands. If I say something now, you call me false. But I, I don't have time to prove it in the Bible, so I will not say it today. But I will say it when we have time. I want you to see how the universe runs so that you know how strong a man is when he is aligned with God. You are very strong. Don't allow principalities come to argue you out of your place of rightness with God. Don't allow that. And I assure you that you are, if you are living in the purpose of God, you cannot die. I assure you. How many of you have come close to death here? Now, do you think you survived because you prayed so much? Most of those times when you came close to death, you were not even strong spiritually. It was not your prayer that kept you. It was a cry that was in your spirit. The cry of destiny. Your destiny will keep crying. Until it is fulfilled. 1 Corinthians, please turn with me. We are out of time already. At least so that we can have uh, 25 minutes with which to ascend into the heavens and to gain understanding of the things that were breaking out in the realm of the spirit. Did you feel the release? Amen. Did you feel that release? It was so strong and sustained. It's an indication of the fact that a layer has been removed in the spirit and we were all ushered into another layer. Now the thing you need to understand is this. That layer that we have been ushered into sustains different laws, emphasis, and dealings. The next time you pray, God increase me, just know that for every increase you experience, for every measure you receive, you need to learn new laws, 
new principles and a new scale of emphasis. First Corinthians 14. If you are still in the house, say amen. amen. Can't hear you. Amen. All right. Amen. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 14 verse 2 For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men But unto God For no man understandeth him How be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries But he that prophesied Speaketh unto men Unto Edification Exhortation And comfort Let me explain that That's the simple gift of prophecy Every believer can do that Edification, exhortation, and what? Comfort. Comfort in times of distress, sorrow, and depression. Exhortation, most of the time when God speaks to you about something, about an assignment, and you believe that you cannot perform that assignment and your faith is being punctured because the devil too is threatening that you don't have enough stature. God sends somebody with a gift of prophecy and he brings exhortation to you so that your soul can line up with the frequency of your spirit because the Bible says that the house that is divided against itself shall not stand. Do you understand it? That's what exhortation does. That's what the motivational preacher calls motivation. But this is not motivation. This is a spiritual liquor, a spiritual tablet that is administered. And when that tablet is administered, every form of discouragement, every form of inferiority is overtaken. And suddenly, a man of conviction and a man that is ready to fight arises. Now, edification talks about a building up. And see, do you know that when you are fed spiritually, you know? When you are fed spiritually, you know it. You know that you are fed. That your spirit has ate. Your spirit has enlarged. Your spirit is at rest because what it desires has come to it. The Bible says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, is the tree of life. As you desire God and you come into a place and your desires are met, you know. Because the tree of life finds expression. There's satisfaction and fulfillment on the inside. There's a joy that erupts from the midst of your spirit. That kind of impartation and ministry comes when the Spirit of God moves under the auspices of the ministry of life to edify you in your spirit. Comfort and exhortation is directed at your soul. Edification is directed at your spirit. This is the scope of the gift of simple the simple gift of prophecy now I need to add something in, the, in this column quickly oh my god is this permanent who brought this 
Hey. Do you know how to clean it? Do you know how to clean it? So you'll clean it after the lecture. All right. I need to add something to this column. Because the spirit of prophecy or the gift of prophecy operating under the column of edification can come also in form of a rebuke. Can come also in form of an instruction. Right? Under this column can come as what? A rebuke. Hallelujah. Please help me tell your neighbor when you are working with God, even the best of us will make mistakes. Now, a spiritual error, please listen. A spiritual error is not necessarily an act of rebellion and disobedience. The spirit realm is like a wilderness. If you are walking in the spirit realm, you need to be directed. And maybe, somehow, in your walk, you now began to take a direction that is not the direction of emphasis. Not because you are rebelling, but because you don't know any better. Oh my God, you are not here. Okay, you have never made a mistake before. Tell your neighbor, you will make mistakes. Not a prophecy, but it's true. You make mistakes. Oh, they don't believe. Tell, tell them harder again. You will make mistakes in this journey. Now, I'm a strange kind of person. And my own kind of personality, when somebody comes to me, I embrace them with all my heart. All right? And a wrong person can come and I can embrace the person the same way I embrace other people and not know that the person is wrong. And then suddenly, evangelist Chris comes from, from the shadows. He knows he hides his head three days every month. And he comes, and if he comes from that place, he can rebuke anybody, if you, if you are the governor of the state. A rugged evangelist. And many times in his ruggedness, God has used him to save a lot of us. I tell you, you need a rugged man like Evangelist Chris on the team. Say amen. amen. And then he just came one morning and started saying harsh words. But I knew what he was saying. It was the Lord. You see, you must understand at what point God seizes a man's spirit and begins to use his vocal cord to speak to you. Forget about the tone. You are not here. See, forget about the tone. The tone is a, is, a, is a function of the person's personality. If the person is a radical, most of the person's utterances come that way. But see, separate the spirit of God from the person. And then he comes out of it is three days fasting and night vigil. And when you see him like that, there's a kind of shirt he, he wears. It means that day, he say, just get ready. <laughs> And then some utterances go forth. Then you just find out. The light just comes to you. And you see that you were in error. Tell your neighbor again. You make mistakes. Now that's why we need one another. The best of us is not strong enough. And that's why God commits. His purpose to his body. Not to an individual. There are, you see you can be right with God. And accurate with God. But there's something you need. 
that God has released in somebody else in the body of Christ, he will wait for you to find that person. And let me also announce to you that there are some things that God will tell your spiritual father that he will never tell you. No, if you can be basking in the Holy Ghost, you will fast, drive fast in 11 days in a month, he will still not tell you. When God showed up upon the scene and visited the man Zachariah, he told him about the destiny of the prophet John the Baptist. He said to him that he was going to move in the spirit and the power of prophet Elijah. Subsequently, in the ministry of John the Baptist, people came to him and said, Who are you? Are you Elijah? John said, No, because his father did not tell him. But John was a mighty prophet. He brought words to the king. Words to the city. Words to the people in the military. Words to the tax collectors. He was a national prophet. But yet he did not know who he was in his destiny. His reality was not revealed to him. Because his father did not. Let me stop. I just said that to show you that you are limited. And it's a body, it's a body life. Not, an, not personal life. There is a scope of God you can access in personal life. I know some of you had to travel for so long to come to be in this meeting. Some guys came from Niger State. Somebody came from Kaduna State. Many of our friends came from Cross River State. All kinds of places. Amen? Sometimes it's needful to pay the price to connect with some fountains that are still living because they are, the dimensions of the body of Christ are revealed in living fountains. What God is doing currently in the realm of the spirit, you will not find, find it in a place that God has left. Are you still with me? Meanwhile, there may be nothing wrong with the drum set, nothing wrong with the keyboard, nothing wrong with the lead guitar. The choir might be glorious, but the voice of God is not there. Just because the Holy Spirit has been rejected. So you may need to travel over, over land and sea to meet a, a living fountain. If you have to do that, it is not a price that is too difficult to pay. The reason is because if you are part of such a fountain, you'll be able to understand what God is emphasizing for his body at a particular time. Those scopes, those realms, those dimensions cannot, are not accessible on the scope and plane of your personal life. Do you understand? Now, the things we teach and preach here, we don't know it. It comes to us while we are here because it comes for the body. It doesn't come to show that uh, to show how good a preacher I am. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It's a different plane and a different dimension. And fellowship on that dimension can access things corporately that you cannot access in the scope of your personal life. Do you get it? Alright. Now, how did I get here? Prophecy. Now, so edification. In edification, we also have rebuke. Alright? So, he came out of the closet and began to speak some things. And then light came to me. I saw where I was standing that it was wrong. Then I do what? Make adjustment. It's prophecy that brought that light. Then instruction can come through prophecy. That there's a need for you to fast and pray for three days. And God will. Now we went to Naka two weeks ago. And one brother came. And told us his circumstance. His situation. 
Then looking at him, the heavens were open, and the Lord now gave a strategy through prophecy. That he should pray for seven nights from 12 to 3 a.m. Something was going to happen. He obeyed. Prayed for seven nights. And I instructed the wife to join him. We went back to Naka today and the guy was giving a testimony. After praying for those seven nights, what happened? His elder brother went to, what do they call those people? To the sorcerer. I need the thief name of it. Eh? There's, there's a word here you need to hear. That very word is what I'm talking about. They went and visited the, the medium. The one that interfaces the spirit realm and the natural. Brings counsel from that realm. They went for consultation. The elder brother went for consultation. Because he sensed an imbalance in the spiritual ecosystem surrounding the family. So he went for consultation. And when we, he got there, the, the keeper of the Akombo, the keeper of, of the shrine, told him that if it's that light you want to fight with, it will devour you. Now, it was the spirit of prophecy that gave direction. And when the direction was followed, the effect was even seen and designed by the kingdom of darkness. Do you understand that now? So the spirit of prophecy can do that. Now, but I don't want to go into direction yet. Because direction is in another category. It's not part of the simple gift of prophecy. That's why I put instruction and I put rebuke here. Because by the time we go to direction, which is the second level of the gift of prophecy, not everybody in the body of Christ has stature. To give direction. A man that gives direction by the spirit of prophecy must first and foremost be notable in operating faithfully with the revelational gifts. Please tell your neighbor that quickly. He must be what? Before you receive directional prophecy from somebody, the person's profile. In the kingdom of God must be evaluated. Alright? Because in the New Testament, we are not led by prophecy. We are led by the Spirit of God. And so, if the person gives a directional prophecy, first and foremost, to be in a safe place, it may be something that God has told you before, alright? And then God now echoes it, he confirms it. If it is something that God has not told you before, no matter who the person is, put it on the shelf until you receive it. Even if it's me. Do you understand? You are not here. I was in the fellowship. Where is Sister Kate? We need a wave. Give us a wiper. A wiper. Alright, that's Kate. She works. She worked for seven years in a canteen, Afribank canteen. And I was standing on the altar here, and I was moved by the Spirit. I received the directional prophecy. I went to her, I hit her, I said, Sister Kate, leave that place. Leave Afribank. Leave Afribank. I came the next contact. I went to her again. I, I, I didn't know I said that before. I came the second time. Sister Kate, leave Afribank. How many months did I say that? 
Four months. And Sister Kate didn't leave. Why? Because God had not told her. It was the pastor saying. And then in the fourth month, even her pure water in the fridge, you know, in Africa Bank, if there's no light, they put on the generator. And she has a, a gigantic deep freezer that freezes water. And in hot man, people normally stagger to her, to her canteen like dead men, almost half dead, looking for cold water to revive. And for the fourth month, even her pure water was chilled and blocked. And nobody staggered. Oh man. She prepared food, delicacies, and I tell you that woman can. Oh Jesus. And nobody came till evening time. She comes and gathers her children and they say prayers and devour. <laughs> Under the yoke of that body, she went home. She cried and slept. And the Lord told her, the well has dried. He confirmed the directional word prophecy. She was able to step into the revelation four months later. Now, even if I come to you and I say, leave your station, please don't obey until you have received that confirmation in your spirit. Not everybody can give a directional prophecy. You must be known for that function in the body of Christ before you can take that. Are you with me now? I say, are you with me? Amen. We are good. We can pick the mind of God. But we are not infallible. We can make mistakes too. Do you understand that? We can make mistakes in the realm. So just so that your case study will not be a product or prophetic mistake, also ensure that you receive a confirmation when it has to do with direction. But if I come to you and say, fast for three days, and after three days, this thing will happen. That one will not affect you. It's in God's interest for you to fast in the first place. So that's not the type I'm talking about. You must be carnal to reject that instruction. And if you reject it, all right, let, let's stop there. But if I come and say, leave your relationship, leave. Just like I said here, there was a brother that came and said, God had told her that the sister will be his wife. And the sister told me also in secret. So I brought them together and announced that these guys are in a relationship. Please, when you see them sending text messages and smiling in the shade, don't be confused. We are aware of what's happening. All right? The guy went for a camp meeting. And many other brethren came and confirmed him. He went for a camp meeting somewhere. And the convener of the camp meeting came to him and said, You are in a relationship. Say, Yes, I'm in a relationship. I'm basking in one. I'm, I'm fulfilled. Say, It's as if you don't know the purpose of God for that relationship. And because of the stature of the man in the body of Christ, the guy came and broke the relationship and stepped out. Now, he broke the relationship when it was one week to the guest exam, final year exam. The lady was having first class. That breakage broke the GP. Brought it to 2-1. And she graduated with 2-1. The guy proposed with lips and broke it with phone call. Why? Because somebody came and spoke contrary to that which he had received in his spirit. 
I calmed the sister down. I said, calm down. Calm down. We need 10 years to see the impact of that error. Just calm down. Calm down. Give him 10 years. You see the full impact of that deviation. Have you did uh, how many of you did circle geometry? Now, what this? Are you here? If you are still alive, say amen. amen. If my angle of deviation is like this. Alright? When the angle of deviation, when the this branch begins to extend, in 10 years time, this little deviation will create a different civilization altogether. And that's why the spirit realm survives and then what word of the prophetic is accuracy and precision. There must be pin head accuracy if you are picking the mind of God. If you are still here, say amen. amen. Please. Let the weather not torment you. Amen. The slogan of the prophetic is what? Accuracy and what? Precision. There is nothing other than the accurate revelation position of the spirit. If there is a little deviation, you will see the impact of that deviation in 10 years time is, is, is an evolution. So I told the sister, wait for 10 years. But because you were not the one that was responsible for the error. Amen? Because you were not the one that was responsible for the error, God is going to remember you and give you your life partner. But watch that man for 10 years and you understand the story. You can write a book out of it. Now I'm going to stop here. You can play for me now. The directional dimension of prophecy entails a lot. If the direction that is being revealed requires so many changes in your life, you need a confirmation for that. If the direction that is being revealed is a spiritual strategy, please embrace it. Many things happened in the spirit tonight. And we are going to pick a few prophecies before we go. If while the service was going on, the Lord spoke to you, please write it on a sheet of paper and send it to me. If while I was teaching, God began to speak to you, write it on a sheet of paper and send it to me. The next five minutes will be out of this house. Somebody said while the worship was on, I saw something like a volcanic eruption from the earth. And the Spirit of the Lord told me that the earth is giving out the results of people locked up for a long time. The earth started vomiting out people's results. There are several things about your life that have been kept under lock and key. One of the things that took place was that there was an eruption. A rigorous release. It took so much energy for such a release to be effected. And that release was effected in order that you might step into several things that you have desired for a long time. That means there were personal things being released. Things that were hitherto shielded and kept under lock and key became accessible. Just in case something was released for you and you are yet not in the know of that which God has released in your life.
even as you step out of this place in your sleep as you walk on the streets God will deliver that which has been made available to you in the name of Jesus write it down and send it forward we will be picking them for the next two minutes before we begin to exercise ourselves to close the camp remember there is light and when the Bible says light it's talking about illumination it's not the will of God for any recipient of the Holy Spirit to walk in confusion and to walk in disarray God intends that your work will be established with so much grace and so makes available illumination for you beyond your confusion so that direction is accessible you know the season that you are in and so when the devil comes to trick you to say you, are, you should be farther than this you know that this is where you are supposed to be hallelujah there's no confusion in your life I remember one time I was coming down from the mountain and fasted for about 24 days and when I returned to my house the devil leaped on one of my relatives and he began to speak to me and I knew it was the voice of the devil because I knew where I was with God he came and said my mates have bought television my mates have, have bought radios and my mates have bought cars but I didn't have a transistor radio I had only two trousers dangling in my hanger boat. Meanwhile, the Bible says that the life of a man does not consist in the, in the abundance of the things that he possesses. It's just that he could not see my level of stature. My ranking had increased. My dimensions had increased. My decoration in the spirit realm had increased. The sphere of my influence had enlarged. It could not show on my hunger couldn't show on the configuration of my pocket but I could feel my size because the ventilation was much that word that was spoken in darkness could not bring me into darkness because I had sufficient light the Lord bring the light out of his holy city may his light invade your system your universe the psalmist saying the Lord will light my candle Jehovah he shall enlighten my darkness so that at every point in time you know that where you are is where you you were designed to be at that time even though there may be no manifestations to show for your cadre in the spirit realm the ventilation you receive inside the security and fulfillment that comes to you shows you that you are in peace with god light comes to you in the name of jesus christ let every doubt be shattered every confusion be shattered the bible says righteousness and confidence shall be their strength when your soul is at rest because your soul is feeling the impact of the fulfillment coming from your spirit you don't fight you don't strive the bible says he that believeth shall not make haste you will stand your ground until the gates of cities and nations begin to open to you you stand your ground until your name is called in the row that your day has come your day of coronation has come god will pedestal you on the rock and, and nations will seek your voice your family meeting cannot hold until you show up because your light is shining and gentiles have to come to the brightness of your rise rise shine for your light has come and the glory of the lord is risen upon you for indeed gentiles gentiles shall come into your light Muslims will seek wisdom from your lips. Unbelievers will understand the illumination. 
coming out of your life you will become an influence beyond the boundaries of church government will seek you for wisdom people of other religions will seek you for wisdom for the bible says this is the heritage of the people of the lord Gentiles succumbing to thine light and kings into the brightness of thy rise your land shall be married sons of strangers they shall stand to build your walls people you have never known will go out of their ways to be a blessing to you arise shine arise shine arise shine for thy light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee arise shine arise shine 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 for the light has come thy light has come thy light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon me. I hear the Lord speak to me in my spirit that the yoke of delay is broken that which has kept you on the same spot for a long time is taken away your garment has been changed a new cloak has been placed upon your shoulders now indeed it shall be that your voice will be heard even in the gates of your enemies your voice will be heard i see a star rise up in the very heavens rise up among the constellations arise shine arise shine arise shine for thy light has come for thy light has come and the glory of the lord is risen upon you
in the atmosphere. Let that which is dead come alive. Let visions that have died out receive life. So don't pray for it to cease. Don't pray. It will, it will stop. It's a sign. There was, there was such movements in heaven. The earth has to respond, you know. He said, during the worship, I heard the word, victory. 
great victory with liberation. Great victory with liberation. And he said the world is a corporate world. There's a corporate victory that has been won. And the victory has an accompaniment of liberation with it. Arise, shine. For thy light is come. There were great prophets in the Bible. Many of them. But one worthy of note, his name was called Agabus. He rose from the apostolic fellowship in Antioch. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just want you to understand that if God, if the Bible says by one prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of the land of Egypt, one prophet. It takes just one prophet to bring a family out of causes, out of stagnation. You will not just live here blessed, but become that prophet for your family. Go and by the strength and the advantage of the Lord, let there be an exodus that will be led by your hand in the name of Jesus Christ. If you need to pray, pray. If you need to fast, fast. But let your family come out. Let your family come out. Don't stop praying. Maybe you are discouraged. Because whenever you begin to pray, evil things begin to happen. Don't be discouraged. Keep going. God brought a nation out by the hand of a prophet. The manifold prophecies came out. Direction came out as they were accurately administered. An entire nation found deliverance. An entire nation was brought out of obscurity. Received the empowerment from the Lord. Let the hand of God be strong upon you. Let the grace of God be strong upon you. Give the Lord no rest day and night. Until Jerusalem becomes a praise. Until her brightness goes forth like a lamp that burn it. Let your life be so strong that it will bring deliverance to other people. In a moment of time, I'd like you to raise your family up in prayer. And begin to say, Lord, 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 I've seen this pattern. There's this demonic pattern. Let this pattern be taken away. If you are like me, you will cry. If you are like me, you will cry. That family must come out of squiddler. The hand of the devil must be lifted up. The purpose of God must find expression. By a prophet, the Lord brought his people out of a land of captivity. By a prophet, he brought them into their inheritance. By a prophet, they were preserved. There was lightning. There was thunder. There was fire but because there was a prophet preservation was their portion you will not leave my people under the yoke of slavery we call upon your name there will not remain idolaters idol worshippers my compound will not be known as the place the headquarters of witchcraft and sorcery in the village my compound 
will not be called the home of wizardry the home of masonry the home of divination my compound will not be called by an evil name thy light has come
Sabra Tabatus, Catabrato, Sopro, Lacata, Bracadisia, Sabra Tabatus, Catabrato, Sopro, Lacata, Bracadisia, 